0: Alright, welcome back into another episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It's Friday, December 11th. Uh, gonna kick it over in just a quick second to my conversation with Teddy Pristash going week 14 NFL bets against the spread. Um, nothing really much to talk about before we kick it over. Obviously, Thursday night football between the Rams and the Patriots was a one-sided affair. I'll say this. Uh, is just my one takeaway from the game. The Rams need to be taken seriously as a Super Bowl contender, or at least a representative from the NFC. Uh, you know, right now I really like the Packers; they're my preseason pick to make the Super Bowl. Um, I'm um, I'm low on the Buccaneers now after what we've seen the last few weeks. I've never been that high on the Saints. I think offensively they're a little bit limited, especially even even when Drew Brees does come back. Not especially, and you know I've never been on the Seahawks as well too. So. You know, if anything, last night showed us you know another just side of how the Rams are, are one of these full, um, well-rounded teams that are well-coached, have offensive uh, power, have a lot of talent on the defensive side as well too. One of the best secondaries in football, one of the best overall defenses in football. Um, they're good on special teams. Kicker concerns, I guess, maybe the only thing, and they're also really well coached. So they're a team that I just have a lot of respect for. I think. Hopefully, we'll start to get a little more respect as the regular season wraps up, but that's really just my my main takeaway from Thursday Night Football. Obviously, the Patriots. Um, to me, where I stand at with the Patriots, Bill Belichick is good enough to where the Patriots will beat up teams that have bad coaches. You know, they beat up the Chargers. Uh, Who else have they beaten this season with bad coaches? They ended up beating the Jets, uh, got wins against Cliff Kingsbury. Teams that aren't well coached, they can beat. But teams with good coaches and good rosters, they just don't have the talent to match up for it, especially offensively. And so I think that's why, you know, we had that one-sided affair on Thursday Night Football. So let's pass it over to my conversation with Teddy Pristash. Uh, Week 14 NFL bets and picks against the spread. It is Friday, and that means we are bringing back in Teddy Pristash for week 14 of the NFL bets against the spread. It is Friday, December 11th. Teddy, uh, we are officially at the point where, you know, even through the postseason and Super Bowl, uh, we're halfway done with football. We've got fewer games uh, left to be played. That have already been played. It's it's a very sad thing to think of. Fortunately, we still do have a couple more weeks of the regular season. You know, you're, if you're a fantasy guy, you've got your playoffs starting this week, mostly around the league. Um, how are you feeling, I guess, in the in the landscape of football? I know it's it's sad getting towards the end, but it's also really intensifying at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, first off, what's up? How you doing? Good, man. Um, Good. But, uh... Yeah, I was actually just talking to, to my buddy Scott, who, who shouted out a couple times on Shout this. Shout out, uh, Scott. And both of us kind of agreed that it felt like it was still like week 10, you know, like we still had like like a bunch of time left. And, and now I'm looking
1: here and it's week 14 and it's like, oh, and, you know, it, it, is, it started to make me panic a little. Yeah. But but those playoffs, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll give us some extra stuff to, to
0: enjoy and, and that's when the fun starts anyway. So I guess we just got to enjoy it while we're here, man right right and and we're also for the two of us and i guess our respective teams that we root for are in very different positions you know both these games you know remaining for the colts and the jets are so so important but for vastly different reasons you know the colts holding on to that seven seed they'd obviously love to take over the division but are still trying to hold on to a playoff spot meanwhile the jets they almost screwed themselves out of trevor lawrence on sunday which was a roller coaster of emotions um obviously you know it, it wouldn't have officially been over but the jaguars you know, obviously at that point would have been in line for the number one pick. I'm just curious, just real quick before we go into the picks, what was your thought process in that game on Sunday against the Raiders? Because it, it was a heart attack for me as someone who just like was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're going to win. They just shut them down. Wait, Vegas got the ball back. Wait, they scored. It, it, was, it, it was one of the craziest sequences I can remember of watching football in the last, you know, uh, you know five, ten years of my life.
2: Yeah, no, definitely, and, and I, I don't want
0: to spend too much time on this, but it actually yeah. is a pretty funny, funny story. I mean, you know me; I'm an optimist,
2: so right now I'm rooting for the Jets to lose because I think that that's the best thing
0: for their their like team long term um, future. But at the same time, I mean, they have the
2: Jets have a lot of these like good young players who I think are really great building blocks that they can build on. Mm-hmm. And I do think that like one win would be very good for them. You know, like going on sixteen. Can't be that great for like morale and things like that. You've Got to sit on that all season, right? Um, and I I, I was kind of hoping that the Jaguars would just get a win, but I re- or get another win. But I really don't. They got Tennessee, Baltimore, Chicago, and the Colts coming up. Ooh, so man. who knows what's gonna happen there? Probably not. Um, but with the Jets, when they when they took the lead with like a minute left, I literally I went into my bedroom where my girlfriend Anna was lying down, and I said. The Jets are gonna win, and I was like, I was at least like, I wasn't happy, but I was at least like, all right, like I'll take it, whatever.
0: Right. Then
2: I come back out, Facetime my parents, and uh, and I'm like, wait a second, they're giving them the
1: ball back. <laughs> yeah. And I saw the Jets give the ball
2: back to the Raiders with 35 seconds. And I said, oh, they're gonna lose.
1: <laughs> like, and
2: and I mean, everyone in the world has has kind of gone off about Greg Williams defensive call and how ridiculous it was but but it's like it honestly was like what's the only way that we could still lose and it's like put our guys man-to-man one-on-one and just hope they get beat like to me there's no other answer for that so I just thought that was pretty funny it was it was a wild ride I'm happy they lost it's been fun to watch the Jets like actually score touchdowns I wish I wish Ty Johnson wasn't scoring them all, but what yeah. are you
0: gonna do? Yeah, that was that was the the weirdest part for me too. Was like, how did Vegas get the ball back? That was when I was like, wait, I thought I thought they were just shut out. I thought like you know the the yeah. Jets were gonna be able to run the clock out, and then obviously you know chaos ensued. It was a crazy uh, early slate of football. Oh yeah, oh yeah! I couldn't believe it because at that same time the Jaguars were like almost going to beat the Vikings. They were sending it into overtime. They got the ball first. It was a weird situation, um, but a lot of fun. But all right, so enough on enough on that. The only last thing that I'd say is we both are off to a great start this week. Both of us, um, you know, obviously we don't bet on uh, on Thursday night football for these podcasts, but we were both on the. Uh, The Rams uh, last night, I was on the under, so good start there. Um, Patriots are just a bad team that beat up on bad coaches, and then when they have to play other good coaches, they that's where I'm at with the Jets this year. They'll beat up on bad coaches. Uh, Good coaches, they lose it too, yeah. The Patriots, yeah. So let's move in now. We're gonna go through week uh, 14. Huge slate, everybody's playing at this point, so we got a lot of games to cover. Um, it'll be real fun next week because we start Saturday football as well, too. There's a triple header coming up next Saturday, so a lot of fun stuff to, uh, to get into with the NFL schedule uh, and regular season approaching its um, you know, last few weeks. Uh, let's kick it off with a really fun matchup in New York. The Arizona Cardinals, believe it or not, all the way down to six and six on the season. They have lost four out of their last five games after starting the year five and two. They are taking on the not red hot in the sense of they've looked great, but they're on. They're facing a New York Giants football team that is on a little bit of a win streak right here. Obviously, the most surprising game of last week, beating the Seattle Seahawks. I was on plus ten and a half. I said I was going to bet money line. I did bet money line. It was a fun day for me. Uh, that defense swallowed up the Seahawks offense. Now they take on uh, an Arizona Cardinals team that is really struggling right now. And, and, and you know, there's some, um, you know, the reports are out. Kyler Murray is playing hurt. He's got a little bit of a shoulder problem. Um, and that's why he hasn't been able to run the football. They're trying to keep him safe and not get him hit. So that's why I think this offense has really taken a little bit of a hit. Um, and then obviously, you know, they, they had a much better first half schedule. So All things considered, you know, I think a month ago we would have said that this line would have opened up as Cardinals minus seven, minus six and a half. They're only one and a half uh, point favorites here on the road. Teddy, uh, break this one down for me. Give me your pick. Yeah, man. I mean,
2: the Giants have been kind of your baby in my mind.
0: They have. Uh, And and all the respect to them. I mean, their defense
2: has been so legit. What they think was – I mean, regardless of what you want to say about Seattle, maybe they had a bad game, whatever. That's impressive to be able to do that, to be able to hold that offense to whatever it was, 15 points or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I am impressed. Um, They are on a four-game win streak. And then you look at the Cardinals, just like you said, they've lost three out of the last four, or excuse me, three in a row, four out of the last five, um, only averaging 22 points a game these last three weeks. And I mean, that's, this, we know this Cardinals team doesn't have a good defense. You know, the offense has to be um, clicking in order for them to to be winning these games. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, when I kind of look at the these past couple weeks, I mean, you look at the Giants' wins. They have Washington, Philadelphia, the Bengals, and then the Seahawks. And then you look at the Cardinals' losses in the past uh, five weeks, and it's Miami, Seattle, New England, and the Rams. Now... Those teams might not be like the best teams ever, but I do think they're better than the teams that the Giants have been winning against. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, I do think both these teams kind of have to come back to earth a little bit um, and kind of regress to the mean. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. I just I think they're going to bounce back. I, I don't really like love it. I don't have a ton of analytics behind it, but I just I think they're going to bounce back. Minus one and a half. It's so it's much lower than we would expect these two teams to be. So so I'm going to try to capitalize on that and take the
0: cards. Yeah, I was I was on your side. Um, I, I had Cardinals listed. I had them picked in a uh, in a pick 'em pool that we're all part of. Um, I had the Cardinals. I thought they would win by two. And then I was thinking more last night. Um, and actually, it was kind of you know I, I made the switch before the game. But then watching the Thursday night football game really made me think about it. Um, great coaches or good coaches really um, have an easy time against predictable offenses. Um, and, and I, I think. When I take a look at that giant seahawks game, the Seahawks, they're one of the most predictable offenses in football. They don't run on early downs. They don't run on first and ten. They don't run on second and ten. They are, you know, the whole thing was let Russ cook. They're letting him cook a little bit too much now. You still have to have a balanced offense in the NFL. Right. And to me, the Cardinals, now with Kyler Murray being hurt and him not running, like, they don't send him on quarterback runs anymore. He's trying to make sure that he can finish this season healthy. Um, and to me, that makes them predictable. And so I, I'm just going to ride the Giants here. I'm going to get them uh, the win at home to move to 6-7, and seven, further hopefully cementing themselves as the favorite in the NFC East to go out and win that division. I don't love it, but I'm taking the fact that I believe that this is a good coach and a good defense against a very predictable offense, not even just in the fact that Kyler can't run. But, man, throwing to guys not DeAndre Hopkins, its it's been the name of this this season for them. They, You know, Kyler has great numbers when throwing to hopkins but to the other receivers there's you know some some throws or or some plays that'll go for you know long gains but he really hasn't been hitting those number two and three receivers um so i'm just taking the team that is a little bit hotter right now uh it seems like they're going to be getting daniel jones back which hey he gets to face another bad defense so hopefully he goes and makes it four games in a row without turning the ball over the giants seem to have found a little bit of a run game against seattle so I, I, I went in with the same thought as okay, both of these teams are probably gonna regress back to what they were, but I switched my mind. I think the Giants are just too hot right now, and I'm gonna take them to win this one. I'm gonna take them plus one and a half. Rider right, squad, man. I love yeah, it. yep, they're my team. They're my they're my twenty nineteen Dolphins. I'll make that comparison till the day I die. All right, so let's move on now to the Andy Dalton revenge game. The 3-9 and nine Dallas Cowboys traveling up to Cincinnati to take on the 2-9-1 Bengals. I will not be watching a second of this game. I will just watch the condensed game later on in the week. I don't care about this one at all. The Dallas Cowboys defense uh, is allowing 32.8 points per game this season, which is the most in team history. The Bengals don't have Joe Burrow. They do not have Joe Mixon. They do not have my interest at all. The Cowboys... Three and a half point road favorites, Teddy. Uh, how do you see this one playing out?
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you kind of like exactly hit it right on the head with uh, with these teams because they're both they they both just have these lost seasons, you know, Oh, yeah. losing their starting quarterbacks. It's like, what are we even doing now, you know? Yep. Um, for me, I think that the both teams haven't looked great, and obviously the Bengals with their quarterback issues. I think Brandon Allen is still going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows, maybe it'll be Finley. Regardless, I, I, I look at what the uh, what the Bengals were able to do against the Giants two weeks ago. Um, and granted, they lost, but they at least kept it close, 17-19. Last week, they couldn't score at all against Miami. Um, but I don't think they're going to have as much difficulty scoring um, against this Cowboys defense, which has just been atrocious. Um, and the Cowboys have just continued to just – be terrible and let me down Um, I'm actually we went both of us went through and uh, found out our records betting on and against team I'm actually 0-5 betting on the Cowboys Um, so I'm just gonna stay away from them I'm gonna take the Bengals because plus
0: 3.5 seems like seems like they can at least keep it within three and I think win the game. So give me the Bengals, but this game's just a freaking garbage game. Yeah, I hate this game so much. Um, And and yeah, yeah, as you were mentioning, I should have mentioned at the beginning of the show, we did take some time to see how we've done betting on certain teams, how we've done betting against certain teams. Uh, This one is hilarious because I'm taking a look at, you know, my record betting on the Cowboys and my record betting against the Bengals because that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus three and a half. Um, You said that you're what, 0-5 betting on the Cowboys? Yeah. I am one in five betting on the Cowboys, and even worse, I'm two in five betting against the Cincinnati Bengals. So this just screams that I'm going to be wrong uh, if, if we're just looking at the trends from this year. But I am going to take the Cowboys here. I think, you know, for the Cowboys at this point in the season, I, I don't know where they go forward with Mike McCarthy. Uh, you know, you can blame the injuries. Uh, you know, Dak is obviously losing Dak is, is an incredible loss, but there have been so many problems with the locker room, not liking McCarthy. He needs a few more wins, I feel like, for Jerry Jones to not actually try and kill him at the end of this season. Um, so I am just going to take the Cowboys here at minus three and a half. I think that they have right now the better offensive talent, um, you know, with that, that um, wide receiving trio of Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. And the Bengals, you know, no Joe Mixon, no Joe Burrow. I, I just think that even though they'll be able to still move the ball on the Dallas defense, um, I think the Cowboys are really going to want to win this game for Andy Dalton. A lot of motivation for him to do well against his former team. Um, so I'm going to take the Cowboys minus 3.5. But like you said, I, I don't love this game at all.
1: Yeah, let's stop talking
0: about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I also don't love I, – I feel like you might love this game in terms of the pick, but I don't either. I, I don't like this game at all. The Denver Broncos – Uh, sitting at 4-8. They are traveling to Carolina to take on the 4-8 Panthers. Of course, this is a, I mean, none of these teams are similar, but a rematch from that Super Bowl a couple years back with Peyton Manning and Cam Newton. Um, The Broncos are 5-1 all-time versus the Carolina Panthers, including the playoffs. Uh, Carolina thought they were getting Christian McCaffrey back this week. He will not be ready. Another injury popped up on the report, so he won't be going this week. At this point, I'm assuming he probably won't be back this season. Uh, talented young wide receiver DJ Moore will also not be available. Um, not injury, but he was—he uh, did test positive for COVID. So already they're down one of their top receivers, their top running back who they haven't had in a while. And for the Broncos, they're just an ugly team. You know, I like Vic Fangio. The offense has a lot of problems. I, I, I do like their defense. Big storyline for them this week. A.J. Bouye uh, suspended six games. There's actually a stretch of players that unfortunately – uh, were lied to by a medical professional, uh, about some supplements that they were allowed to take. They are illegal. So now they're suing that doctor. It was the two Texans players. And now Bouye. there's apparently a few more that are going to be coming out in the next few weeks. So really unfortunate situation there for them. Um, as Bouye, uh, you know, a free agent this upcoming year, or actually, I, I don't know what his contract is. I thought he was a free agent, but I could be wrong. Um, Anyways, the the Panthers three point favorites at home. Call it a pick 'em game if they were at a neutral field. Teddy, what's your breakdown? I know you're a big Panthers fan deep down in your heart. Yeah, I mean, and, and really, that's all
2: it is. I mean, uh, Broncos have just not given me any hope. Uh, Drew Lock is I've kind of given up on as as being their answer at quarterback. Um, and last week they hung around the Chiefs, but I feel like the Chiefs just kind of do that. They just like play bad sometimes and it is what it is um so yeah i'm gonna ride my boys with the panthers i just i, I like their offense too much i like the guys they have I, I love their receivers i love teddy bridgewater um and you know we, we call him teddy covers for a reason he does have a history to cover the spread so i'm rolling with the panthers um
0: they're my boys do that's you, about it do you have a record for betting on the panthers I, i'm not sure what i can look it up. Yeah, I just feel like they've been a team that you've been backing a lot this season. I've been betting against them and it doesn't go in my favor. I'm 2-5 and five betting against them, 2-0 and o betting on them this year. Um, while you look that up, I'll give you my pick. Yeah. I, I'm going with the Broncos here. I actually kind of feel okay about it. I don't know. So the, the Broncos to me, they just have a really great defense. Um, and I, I do consider, you know, that, yeah, the Chiefs, maybe they didn't just, you know, they let Denver hang around a little too long, but I do think that the Broncos defense is very talented. And um, at the end of the day, I, I'm, I think it's going to be an extremely ugly game. I think the Panthers losing a guy like DJ Moore and not getting Christian McCaffrey back is important. I'm not as big of a fan as Teddy Bridgewater as you are. I am on the side that if the Panthers... You know, and this is just my, my opinion. If they were in the top five, I would want them to take a quarterback in this draft. I, I just, I'm not a Teddy guy. Um, and I think that a college style quarterback would fit this offense with Matt Rule and Joe Brady a lot better, you know, as, as opposed to someone who is a little bit limited in terms of mobility. Um, so I am going to take the Broncos here plus three. Um, I think they'll win just a very ugly, low scoring game. You got your uh, record on the Panthers over there, Ted?
2: Yeah, sorry about
0: that. I think I lost you for a sec. Oh, you um, can.
2: Yeah, so my record, I'm I'm five and two betting on them, one and two betting against them. Um, so, so they've been a team that they've they've covered the spread
0: more times than they have not this year. Um, yeah. And I've been riding them, so you really so have been a team that's made me some money. Damn. So we've started off disagreeing on yeah. three, um, three straight ones, and I us. Yeah, this is going to be a huge week for you to, I guess, make a comeback. I didn't give an update on the standings at the beginning. Um, I, we didn't talk about that, so just a real quick update. Um, I was red hot last week, uh, finally after my miserable week uh, the week before, where I believe I went 3 and... Let me flip through the pages now. I went, 11 I and went, 11 I went 3 and that. 11 last week, flipped it around, went 12 and 3 this week. I'm sitting at 90, 73, and 2 on the season. Uh, Teddy, yeah. you were above 500, 8 and 7, solid week, and now just two games be- below 579, 81 and 5, so... Uh, this will this will be a really big week where either I extend my lead with these disagreements or you can uh, make up a lot of ground on me because it is a pretty close race still, um, you yeah. know. Despite me having a really good week last week, but uh, moving on now to the next game, we've got the Houston Texans sitting at four and eight. Deshaun Watson doing everything for that team. Um, they are traveling up to take on the five and seven Chicago Bears. For the Bears, you know it's a it's a really tough part of the season for them. Uh, reports are Matt Nagy may not have a job in chicago beyond this season um, especially after the loss to the detroit lions the week before obviously that was a really uh fluky kind of game where the bears really had control for a while detroit was hanging around and then of course mitch fumbles it within his own 10-yard line the uh, lions punch it in on the next drive and they end up winning that one so a really just i mean devastating stretch for the bears you know sitting at five and seven after their five and one start to the year um, mm-hmm. On the other side, Houston, 4-0 all-time versus the Chicago Bears in their limited history with each other. Uh, of course, the storyline is it's always going to be as long as Mitch Trubisky is a starting quarterback for the Bears or as long as Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are around the league. It's the big storyline. Yeah, the Bears chose Mitch over Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Texans are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Teddy, who are you riding with this week? Yeah, here's another... Gross game. Gross. Me. Uh, I, I think it's funny. We've talked about four games so far, which is eight teams, and the only team who is a playoff team is the Giants. Right, so and they're a 5-7 playoff team. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I literally think that you just went through and read my notes. Because yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Bears, they confused me. They started 5-1 and one when I was just consistently betting against them, and now they've, they're 0-6 since. Um, and I really do – I think that the Bears – the only reason that they were able to win games is because of their defense. And uh, it, to me, it's really looked like their defense has just mailed it in and said, listen, this offense isn't going to do anything, so what's the point? And I think they, I don't think they're playing at that same level just because there's so much less to play for. Um, Texans also, though, like the, the reason I, I stuck with the Texans throughout their season is because I like Deshaun Watson and – the the weapons of will fuller and and uh brandon cooks and all those guys and so now without will fuller it makes me a little nervous because he's the guy who can really take the top off the defense Mm -hmm. um but i just the bears i just really really don't think the bears are good um and i think that regardless of of how well the defense plays deshaun watson will be able to make something happen and also, just like you said with the storyline with Deshaun and Mitch, I just think it's it, it, it's too perfect, and I don't want to give the the Bears that um, I don't want to give Bear Bears fans that satisfaction of even getting this win
0: yeah. because
2: it, it'll just be too funny to keep that narrative going. So again, this is kind of just a crazy, gross game, but but I'm going with the Texans. Fuck the Bears,
0: dude. I'm waiting for us to agree on a game, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking the Bears plus one and a half, and I think more so for the the opposite storyline that you were just saying. Um, it, it seems to me that by the end of this season, Mitch will no longer be a starting quarterback in this league, and that Matt Nagy uh, will be searching for another coaching opportunity, and it could even extend further up to General Manager Ryan Pace. Uh, you know who is the guy that drafted, um, you know Mitch, and and really has. Is that your dad? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Uh, Ryan Pace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He, uh, the the thing for me is at this point, if all three of those guys are going to be searching for I just think, man, I, just, I got to give the Bears one win against one of these quarterbacks when they face them. And I think that this is the right time to pick it. Um, so I'm just going with the storyline that, okay, at least they got one win over one of these quarterbacks eventually, because every time the Texans and the Chiefs have faced Chicago, they've destroyed them. I think they're getting the Chiefs had an okay time where they're really banged up offensively. Um, you know, they hung around with the Colts for a really long time. The Colts had a lot of mistakes in that one. Um, and I'm going to just take the Bears here, trust their defense, trust the fact that I think that this is really the last shot for Mitch and Matt Nagy to feel a little bit better about themselves. And, and I'm just going to say that the storyline is going to say, well, at least they finally got one win against someone else that they, they didn't draft. So, I'm going to take the Bears plus one and a half. Like you said, you know we're four games in, and I, I really don't like anything so far, and I hate the fact that we disagree too. This could be a really ugly week for one of us, or maybe maybe we just end up splitting it. Um, one thing I will say, just taking a look, these two teams, I'm actually doing pretty good betting on and against. Uh, when I bet on the Bears, I'm two and one betting against them, five and two. Um, and then for the uh, Houston Texans, I'm 5-1 and one betting against, so I like to hear that when I take a look, and I'm just going to say I'm going to ride the Bears here, just more so for the storyline and the fact that I think while their defense hasn't been to the level it's been at the last, you know, four or five weeks, the Texans don't really have anything, it's just Kiki QT and uh, and, and an injured Brandon Cooks. so... I'm just taking for the storyline here, getting the Bears a home win, moving to six and seven. They they gotta win a game at some point, um, so I'm just gonna say that they pick it here. But I don't love it. I don't. Yeah. All right. Let's talk well, about.
1: Hopefully we can get into some uh, better
0: games. Yes, and, and this is one of them. This is gonna be an extremely fun game to talk about. The 11 and one Kansas City Chiefs, winners of nine straight road games, the longest active streak in the NFL. They are traveling to Miami to take on the eight and four Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins really just playing some good football. Um, it was an ugly game last week against the Bengals, but they got the job done. Seems like Tua will be the guy out there for them at quarterback still, um, but I believe, I, my belief is for the rest of this season and even for the postseason, Tua is going to have a very short leash. I think that if he has one you know, bad quarter or one bad half, they could flip it to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Brian Flores seems like a guy that is not worried about you know who is playing at quarterback. He just wants to ride the hot hand uh, the Chiefs on the road open up as seven-point favorites. Teddy, where do you go with this?
2: Yeah, uh, and the, we got to give the Dolphins all the respect in the world for the way they've been playing, yeah. um, and, and Brian Flores for the way he's been coaching. The Chiefs these past couple weeks are um, 0-4 against the spread, which has been annoying Ooh. because... The Chiefs are that team that you want to just like know is going to go out there and be great, but unfortunately, the games have been a little closer. But still, four and zero, still I've only had that one loss on the season. So, I think they kind <clears> of, <throat> the Chiefs have kind of like looked bad and good at the same time. You know, like they're they're not blowing out teams, but they're also making like stupid mistakes that are preventing them. From blowing out, like you take last week that touchdown to Tyreek Hill, and then there's a penalty that brings it back, and and things like that. It, it's just kind of been unfortunate. I feel like they're kind of getting just the wrong side of the whatever, just bad luck. Um, Miami, they're good, but especially with Tua, I just don't think the offense has the firepower to to keep up with the Chiefs, mm-hmm. um, and I just think. It, Only seven points is just too close for me, so I just have to ride the Chiefs. I mean, I think the Dolphins have a great defense, but the Chiefs, it doesn't matter if you're playing the Chiefs. They can score on anyone, and I just don't think that the Dolphins' offense is going to be able to get it done and keep up. So I think the Chiefs bounce back, get a win against the spread here, um, and I really, again, I really just think they're going to keep it clicking until I don't expect them to get a loss until next
0: season yeah i'm I'm with you and and you you basically stole all the words out of my mouth I, i really have a lot of respect for this miami dolphins team and their defense you know it definitely got some names they brought in some key guys in free agency uh you know like a byron jones at cornerback from dallas they bring in kyle van noy from new england they've got a lot of guys that i respect on that defense um and of course brian flores he's my favorite coach in the NFL at this point. I think I'm at that point now. I was a big Sean McVay guy the last few years, but I am all in on Brian Flores. I've been that way since last season. Uh, But you said that you you said it exactly right. You know, the, the Broncos, they hung around last week. And when I take a look at them, not only do they have, you know, a quarterback that I don't necessarily love, but what they do have that Miami doesn't really is a lot of uh, wide receiver threats you know tim patrick jerry judy kj hamler uh, talented running backs the miami offense to me you know it's Devonte parker mike Gesicki is a really great young tight end but i don't believe that they're going to be able to have a vertical enough of an offense to keep pace with kansas city i think it's going to be a lot of trying to keep kansas city off the field running the ball short quick passes getting Tua out of the pocket at times um, and I just don't think it's going to be able to work. I don't think they'll be able to put up enough points to keep pace with Kansas City. Um, so you're exactly right. I, I, I agree with you on the same way with this. Chiefs minus seven. Um, I, I wish it would be a little bit lower, um, but I, I think they can cover and win by more than a touchdown. All right, let's move on. Another fun game, the Minnesota Vikings sitting at six and six. Uh, hard attack game against the Jaguars this past year or past week where they ended up winning in overtime they're traveling to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are coming off of their bye week Buccaneers seven and five um, really fun matchup here in the trenches Dalvin Cook obviously one of the better running backs in all of football some consider him the best meanwhile the Buccaneers are only allowing 74 rushing yards per game this season the lowest in the NFL the Bucks are favored by six and a half Teddy uh, what's your breakdown on this one?
2: Yeah, man, these are two teams I like a lot, um, and I think it's really interesting, just this game. The Bucks are currently sixth in the, uh, in the playoff picture, mm-hmm. which there's seven teams, and then the Vikings are in that number seven spot. So I think this is just a really um, important and intriguing game just in terms of playoff seeding. Um, Bucks, like you said, they're coming off the bye. Before the bye, they have back-to-back 24-27 losses to the Rams and to the Chiefs. And I know that the Bucks have looked not as great as as they can at mm-hmm. some points this season, but I still think that the Bucks are the type of team who have the talent that they, they could click at the right time, and they they could become a very dangerous team going into the postseason. I I do think that with with the the weapons they have on offense and the strength of their defense, if they had a subpar defense, I wouldn't I wouldn't think this, but. With that defense, the way it's playing, and then you throw in those weapons on offense, I just, I, I still believe in them, and I still think they could make some noise. Um, and I also just think, I think Brady knows this is a very important game, and uh, and he wants to win it. And especially coming off two losses and the bye, I think he's just going to come out and be focused. I think they're going to have a good game plan, um, and I think they're going to try to do all their best, or, excuse me, do the best they can to limit Dalvin Cook. Now I am going to go with the Bucks um, minus six and a half, so that's my pick. But I do just want to give all the respect in the world to Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah, who has come out and been (laughs) one of the best receivers in the league, and and it's not just in terms of numbers; it's in terms of like making plays that are important to your team that not every receiver is going to make. And and if you've been watching Vikings games, you just see him make these catches. That are just unbelievable and, and I, it's just been very impressive and I can't, I, I think about it every week but that Bills, um, the, the Stephon, excuse me, the Stephon Diggs trade to the Bills where they got the draft pick where they were able to take him I just, I, I think it couldn't have worked out better for both teams, I think it was just yeah. a perfect trade and so I want to give him all the respect, I also really like the over it's at 52 and a half right now mm-hmm. um, but I am going to ride with the Bucks here, I think, they, I think they're going to step up and realize it's an important week and get it done
0: Yeah, that last thing you said right there uh, is exactly how I feel. This is such an important game for the Buccaneers. Um, You know, Yes, they faced really good teams the last few weeks, but uh, there's a lot of concerns with Tampa Bay. How are they going to get things rolling in time for the playoffs? They have not looked like a team that I said at the beginning of the season I thought could push for a Super Bowl. They haven't looked like that. The offense, Mm -hmm. despite all of its talent there, um, I, I just... The more and more we look at it, I just don't think Bruce Arians and Tom Brady were the right fit for each other. You know, you look at the quarterbacks that that Arians has had before, Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, it's all these big arms that push it down the field. And man, when Brady throws these deep balls, they hang so long in the air that it's like a punt almost for these defenders to pick off. I mean, some of these interceptions by Brady are ugly. He's just lofting it up there as a prayer. And so, I, you know, that's a key part of that offense. I think they've got to hopefully – hopefully they spend a lot of time in the bye week saying, okay, how do we retool this offense to make sure that we are, um, you know, fitting into our quarterback's talents and not trying yeah. to, um, you know, just keep with what Bruce has always been. So, um, it's a really important week for them. It's a tough defense they're playing. Minnesota's defense the last three to four weeks has been much improved compared to where they started the season. You know, they got blown out by – uh, the Titans or the the uh, Colts, the Packers put up 40-plus. Um, so it, it's a better defense. I'm going to take the Bucks 6.5, though. I think that this is the more important. Um, it, it's just it's so important. Coming off the bye, Brady historically has also been great. Um, and I'm just going to take the what I believe is the better team here to win by a touchdown because they need to start getting into a groove. And, and this yep. would be a good place to start it. All right, so let's move on now. Uh, we've got... A uh, AFC South battle down in Jacksonville. The 8-4 and four Titans, uh, fresh off of their... Uh, I guess it ended up being a near loss to the Cleveland Browns. You know, they, they put up a lot of points in the second half and only, what, lost by six, I believe, was the Yeah, 41-35. One. Crazy. But, but it was a blowout. It, it was a blowout, and then the Texans kind of hung around for a while at the end of just putting up some garbage time points. They're traveling down to Jacksonville to take on the 1-11 Jaguars, who as we were just talking about in that Vikings game. Almost got their second win of the season, uh, but then they fall um, and now are losers of 11 straight. Um, the Titans are 6-1 versus Jacksonville, dating back to 2017. They are 6.5-point favorites on the road. A lot of road favorites this week. Uh, Teddy, break this one down for me.
2: Yeah, man. Um, and I do – is it 6.5
0: or 7.5? I do just want to confirm. Oh, I thought well, it was While you six look and that up, yeah. I'll, I'll talk. Now, mm. now these Titans – have been the bane of my
2: existence all season, <laughs> and I think we all remember when they started the season three and zero, but zero and three against the spread. But me personally, I'm two and four betting on them, and one and four betting against them. Ooh. So just completely missing most of the time. Um, last week with the I, my thing with the Titans is I really do I think there's there's teams in this league like the Titans and the Colts, um, maybe the Browns. I'd probably throw Seattle in there that are just they're good teams, but they can be inconsistent, and, and sometimes they just won't show up, and they won't execute the way they want to, and they'll lose games. But I still do think that the Titans are just better than the Jaguars. I mean, the, the Jaguars have just been bad, bad, bad all season. Um, Derrick Henry had a bad game this last week. I think he's going to be able to have his way against this Jacksonville defense Um, and I just, I I think the Titans are going to bounce back and I think they're going to get an easy win here. So I am going to take the Titans regardless of it's seven and a half or six and a half by the fucking hook. Um, but give me the Titans. Hopefully I can be on the right side of this one.
0: Yeah. So it is seven and a half. So you were right about that. My apologies. Um, I had the Jaguars plus six and a half and I love Jaguars plus seven and a half. Uh, the Jacksonville has been hanging around good teams the last few weeks. Yeah, I feel like you've been, uh, you've been riding them. And it's been going well. I picked them to cover yeah. against the Browns. I picked them to cover against the Vikings. Um, the offense, it's clear that Mike Glennon is the best quarterback that they've had all year. Um, their offense has been much improved, and it's allowed, you know, being able to have a vertical presence has allowed James Robinson to even get better as the year has gone on. Uh, the, yeah. the Tennessee run defense is so bad. So, so bad. You know, the the Browns just carved them up last week. They've been carved up by the Colts before. There have been a lot of teams that just run rampant. Dalvin Dalvin Cook had a really big game against the Titans. Um, So I just think that the Jaguars are going to keep this one close. I believe they kept it... Have they played yet this season? I'm trying to remember if they... I don't think so. I think they play again towards the end of the year. Um, I could be wrong. But I think that the Titans are going to win this. I just think it's going to be a close game. I think the Jaguars have been... um, really stepping their game up the last few weeks where their offense just has more to it. It's more balanced now that they have a, an outside presence um, with their receivers. So, uh, you know, I think the Titans are one of those teams that I just, uh, like you were saying, you know, I don't have a great record betting on or against them. I'm two and three both ways, but I think that Jacksonville is going to be able to keep it around, and I love the plus seven and a half. You know, I think that the, I could see, you know, if the Titans win by a touchdown, that still works for me, and I think it'll be even a little bit closer than that. Um, the Jaguars are also one of those teams that, you know, they're fighting for uh, keeping their jobs. They're fighting for keeping, you know, you know, um, individuals' uh, stats. So I believe they're a team that is really going to even maybe backdoor cover this one if they get a touchdown a couple minutes late. So I'm just going to take this the Jaguars plus 7.5. And, um, and I surprisingly feel a little good about it.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, and they played week two. Um, Titans won by
0: three, did not cover the spread. Gotcha. There we go. So they did play already this year. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I really need the Jaguars to get a win uh, because that would really help out my team um, in terms of the AFC South playoff race because they've got a really tough matchup coming this week. The eight and four Colts traveling to Las Vegas to take on the seven and five Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, you know, despite being in a little rough stretch where they've been letting teams hang around, they lose to the Chiefs. They almost lose to the Jets. Uh, they get blown out by the. Uh, they get blown out by the Falcons. Um, still, in the last five games, they've scored. Um, 30 or more points in four of their last five games, excuse me. Uh, it doesn't look like uh, Josh Jacobs will be out there at running back. He is still nursing an injury. Uh, safety Jonathan Abram as well, too. One of their better defensive players will not be available this Sunday. The Colts, meanwhile, getting a little bit healthier. Fortunately, they're um, you know it's expected Anthony Costanzo at left tackle will be back. He was limited in practice yesterday after not practicing earlier in the week or all of last week. Um, T. Y. Hilton had a really big game coming out against the Texans. Uh, real, real, uh, real big week for me last week. Also saying that I, after T. Y. was suffering all year, I, th- I knew he was gonna just dominate against the Texans. He historically has been terrific there. Um, Colts minus three on the road. Teddy, I feel like I know where you're going with this one, so just give it to me, and uh, and then we'll we'll carry on to my pick.
2: Yeah. Well, you know I. Uh... I was originally on the Raiders because I believed that Josh Jacobs was going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with what you just said, I just kind of looked it up, and it, I, you're right. It looks like he's not going to play. Yeah. Um, last week again, Deontay Booker, I think is his name, or
0: yeah, Devontae Booker. One yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Devontae. Uh, he just he, he didn't look as as good as uh as uh, Josh Jacobs, no.
2: obviously. And granted. The Jets like low key have a good run defense, which I think is more of just like a, a product of how teams run the ball against them in garbage time because they're always up by so much. Mm-hmm. But but I was gonna ride the Raiders here, but I, they just haven't looked great, you know. And and I think the Colts also um, understand that this is a really important game to win. Um, they're battling for that for that division title um, against the Titans. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna switch my bet and go with the ah. Colts because. Because I, I, I like Josh Jacobs and, and I would
0: have liked to bet on him, but, but without him, give me the Colts. I'm, I'm the same way. If Josh Jacobs was in this game, I would be betting against the Colts for what would actually be the first time this season. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the Raiders' offense, it, it's been so limited without, without him. I know it was a big Darren Waller game against the Jets last week. Uh, which actually, Darren Waller's performance last week somehow got me into a playoffs in one of my fantasy leagues, which was just like, he did it all by himself. I think he ended up with like 45 points. Um, 200 yards, yeah. Unbelievable game for a tight end. He's, he's, un, he's amazing. Um, but, you know, not having a balanced offense, I think the Colts can really adjust for that where they know they don't really have to stack the box. They can put a lot of pressure on Derek Carr. It's going to be, it's, it's one of the better games this week when you think about it. The Raiders do have a really fun offense. The Colts have a really great defense. And it's going to come down to the flip side. How long can the Colts keep the Raiders off the field? The Raiders don't have that great of a rush attack, in my opinion. Um, and I believe that, you know, we got Jonathan Taylor's best game of the season last week. So he is finally hopefully getting some momentum going where now he can uh, really ride a, you know, a, a talented backfield with Naeem Hines. The T.Y. Hilton resurgence makes me feel good about the Colts. I think the Colts are going to start picking it up here. Um, I know that they've got a little bit of a tough schedule to finish out the season. they got the Steelers in a couple weeks, but they also get the Jaguars and uh, I believe the Texans again. Um, So I am just going to ride the fact here that I think the Colts are the healthier team, uh, the team that is uh, catching a little bit of momentum, and I'm going to take a minus three to win here. Yeah. I just want to throw in. I forgot to say. Uh, I think it's funny you you've yet to bet against the Colts. Uh, the yeah. Colts have kind of been my best team all around. I'm I'm four and one betting on, three and one betting against. Oh, I think wow. that's my best out of out of everyone in the league. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I'm. Colts so I'm, gonna win this week. So you're good betting against my Colts. We're gonna get to it in the next game. I'm really good on the Jets this year. Uh, but on the Colts, yeah, I, I've only bet on them. I'm six and four. Uh, so it's it's funny to see. But let's go talk about your team now. We've got the New York Jets sitting at 0-12, almost 1-11 last week. Crazy circumstances. They're traveling out west to take on the 8-4 and Seattle Seahawks, who, yes, uh, they got embarrassed uh, last week by the New York Giants not really being able to do anything against Joe Judge in that defense. Uh, you know, all things considered, to take a look if we're looking for a silver lining with Seattle, and then I'm going to have a counterpoint to it. Uh, they're the only team with 20-plus sacks in the league since Week Nine. They've also faced some of the worst offensive lines in football the last month, so might have to give them a little bit of a, you know, you know discredit that number a little bit when you take a look at who they've played. But nonetheless, it seems like the defense is getting a little bit better. Um, and obviously, you know, they're taking on a Jets team that is uh, the worst in football. So Seattle. At home is thirteen and a half point favorites. Where do you go with this one, Ted? How do you feel? I don't know,
2: dude. I really don't. <laughs> um, Seattle is one of the two teams that I have yet to bet against this season. Um, I'm, I'm five and five betting on them on this podcast. Wow. And they just have looked not good these past couple weeks. I, like, I don't know if it's the fact that they they're just trying to ease Chris Carson back in the game, or maybe they just are letting Russ cook too much. or I don't know, dude, but they're just not looking great. No. But at the same time, these Jets are kind of... In, <laughs> again, I say it every week, and every week they seem to hit a new low. <laughs> now the Jets just fired their defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, after calling an all-out blitz, cover zero, on the last play of the game when they're up by four. All they have to do is prevent a touchdown, and granted, I, I do think that is a valid reason to fire someone, but it's, it's absolutely insane to me that Greg Williams got outlasted by
1: Adam Gates <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs>
2: over these past two seasons, Greg Williams has been, like, one of the only bright spots for the Jets. Um, I don't know, dude. 13 and a half is just so many points, and Seattle has just been not great. And so just give me the Jets with the points. Whatever. Yeah. I'm taking them. They could blow it for sure. But but Seattle is, is just, I don't know. The Jets have been scoring more touchdowns. They've been hanging around these teams. Seattle's not playing to the best of their ability. Um, who knows? Maybe the Jets team will be a little amped up because they're playing Jamal Adams. I don't know. Give me the Jets. It's a lot of points. I'll
0: take it. I'm gonna take it too. I'm gonna ride with the Jets here. And and that gives me confidence. And, and here's my here's my numbers with the Jets this year. So when I bet on the Jets, I am a uh, whopping two and zero. And betting against them, I'm six and two. So eight and two on them this season, which I feel great about. Um, yeah, I think it's everything. I just think it's too many points for Seattle right now. And, and to to go back to what you're saying, I really do believe that they just. It, it makes no sense to me that. For three years, we were screaming, you need to pass the ball more. They were just one of the more run-heavy teams in football. It's like, you have Russell freaking Wilson, but you have to have balance. That's what we were saying. Just balance it out. And now they're going so pass-happy that teams can kind of just figure it out. And it's, I don't know, it's a it's a frustrating thing to, to watch when you see an offense with so much talent struggle. Um, not also to consider that their defense, you know, the, the stats, sure, they're getting healthier. The production is there. They've been playing really bad offenses. So even if the Seahawks' defense balls out on Sunday, I'm not going to feel confident about them as we push towards the playoffs. I, I've never been on the Seahawks all year. I, I I just I always felt that they had some issues. Um, I'm going to take the Jets here plus 13.5. I think the Seahawks win. I could see them win by 10. Uh, I could see them win by 11 or 12. But by 14, that's just... It's too many points where I feel like taking the Jets there. There's good value on it. Yeah, and I, I I'm just imagining DK Metcalf against some of these Jets cornerbacks. Oh it, my God! It is not going to be a pretty game. Oh, it's going to be so ugly. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, the Jets can. Some something going on offense. Right. That's the thing. The, the the Jets on offense have been a little frisky the last few weeks, where I've been like, oh, I, I like a couple of these passes. You know, Mims isn't going to be around, so that's a heartbreaker. I've enjoyed watching yeah, him kind of get better. But they're a little frisky. I don't know. The Jets, they, they got some pop sometimes. They were in hyperdrive last week, weren't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. Put it the hyperdrive. Yes. Yep. All right, so let's go on to two of the more frustrating teams in the NFL. I fucking hate both of these teams. The... <laughs> The 4-8 Atlanta Falcons, uh, they obviously, you know, lost to the Saints this past week. Uh, They are taking on, traveling out west to take on the L.A. Chargers, who lost 45-0 to the Patriots this past week, Um, which we were both all over. I think we both had it as a best bet of the week. I know I did. Yeah, we both did. That was the easiest thing to pick apart. The Patriots favored by one against the Chargers, Bill Belichick, Anthony Lynn. These two teams make me so frustrated. Let me pull up my records on and against them because I I doubt they're good. Yeah, I'm 1-3 betting on the Falcons, 3-2 betting against, so not that bad. And then for the Chargers, I'm 2-2 betting on, betting against, 4-1-1. Ted, the the news dropped as we were recording this podcast. Julio Jones will not be available for the Atlanta Falcons this week. Um, All things considered... Traveling out there, uh, the Chargers or excuse me, the Falcons are two and a half point favorites. Uh, Where do you go with this one, Ted? Yeah, I I did not know that about Julio Jones. It just came out. Makes me a little nervous, Um, but but I am going to pick the Falcons here. I just think the Falcons these their past five games they're three and two, and both of those losses have come to
2: the uh, the Saints and in the games where they play the same, they scored under 20 points in the games that they haven't played the Saints, They've actually, they, they scored 40 plus against the Raiders 30 plus against Denver. I just, I think the Falcons are better and the chargers, if there's a team that's like in rock bottom, like the jets sort of it, I feel like it's the chargers, obviously not in roster, but just in like morale and yeah. confidence in their coach. I mean, who knows what Anthony Lynn is doing over there, dude. Um, I, I, they, they, they've just completely, completely taken away all confidence I had in them. Um, so I'm just going with the Falcons here. I just think I just
0: think they're a better team, and I just I, I, the Charges are falling apart in my eyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't have this one picked until we started talking through the game, and, and despite the Julio Jones injury, I am going to take the Falcons minus two and a half here as well. Um, and I think. More than anything, at this point, I'm just rooting for the Chargers to lose out because the last thing that I want is Anthony Lynn to get a little bit hot in the last few weeks. Say they finish the season six and ten, they go three and one the rest of the way, and it's like, well, maybe we keep them around for another year. Um, so I think I just need to root for the Chargers to never win again this season. And so for that, I'm going to take the Falcons minus two and a half. But man, I fucking hate both of these teams. They always, they're they're really the the exact same team. You know, they just—they you expect them to do well certain weeks. They find all these terrible ways to lose. Um, but like you said, the Falcons—I guess on a little bit of a roll, three and two, only two losses are to a very good Saints team. So I'm just going to take the team that, you know. I guess is a little bit more consistent because right now the chargers are, are the you know one of the worst coach teams in football i love justin herbert and i love this offense what's the over after this because I, I feel like it's going to be a little too high but i feel like so many points going to be scored i've got it at oh man it's only 49 and a half lock that the fuck in dude lock that in i i love the over in that if you're getting it. You only need 50 points combined. Both of these defenses are garbage, and both of these offenses yeah. are very pass happy. Um, so, okay, cool. Glad to see we're both on the Falcons. I need the Chargers to lose out for the rest of the season. Let's keep moving on. Now, we have got an NFC North battle uh, between the Green Bay Packers, nine and three, one of the better teams in football, traveling to take on the five and seven Lions. The Lions, you know, get that lucky win over the Packers. Um, you know, a win for their uh, their new head, interim head coach. Oh, I, I have his name on the tip of my tongue. His name is. Oh, where is it? Romeo Carmel? No, no, that's the Texans. <laughs> uh, Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel. That's who it is. Um, the report came out that Swift is DeAndre Swift is trending towards playing versus the Packers, which is nice. Doesn't seem like Kenny Galladay is going to be out there. The Packers, uh, they have averaged thirty-seven points per game in their division this season, just tearing apart the NFC North. They are seven and a half point favorites. Teddy, what do you have? It. Yeah, I mean, this game's simple for me. <clears throat> Lions are.
2: Lions are the Lions, whatever the Packers are actually the other team that I have yet to bet against all year the oh, nice. Hawks, I'm six and four doing that um so a little bit better still nothing great but but I just I think the Packers are just are, are just such a good team um and I think Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy who I think the reason they're scoring so much in these divisional games is because he's the type of guy who he wants to make a statement, and especially to the guys he's got to play twice a year. Yeah. He wants to let them know, like, listen, like this is my division. You know what I mean? Um, so, so I'm I'm riding with the Packers here. I just I, I think their talent. You look at Aaron Rodgers, Devonte Adams, and Aaron Jones. I mean, that's <clears throat> at least top five players at all those positions, maybe even higher. I just I can't I can't bet against them. I like them too much. I'm taking minus seven and a half, of course. Buy the hook, make it seven. But yeah. but I just I like the Packers here.
0: Yep, make it seven. Um, the Detroit Lions are, 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 I think, the best team that I, I'm on all year. I'm 3-0 betting on them, 5-1 betting against them. Um, so I'm really great betting against the Lions. I'm really great betting on the Packers, 5-2 when betting on them. And I'm going to stick with the Packers. If Kenny Galladay was playing, I would have said that this would have been a backdoor cover where the Lions just scoring garbage time and it ends up being a four-point game. Um, but without him out there, I still... It, it, you, you gave that nugget to me in week three, and I've been riding it you know all season. If oh, he's yeah. not out there, this offense can't do much. And Swift coming back is a nice uh, bonus, but that doesn't bring much to their passing game. So I'm going to take the, the Packers by eight here. Uh, like you said, you know, buy the half point, make it seven. Don't kill yourself over stressing something like that. Um, and so, yeah, Packers minus seven and a half. Um, I actually, I really like that one this week.
1: Yeah, me
0: too. So let's move along to uh, another game that'll feature two non-quarterbacks uh, for this, for uh, you know, the second time this season that we've got to see the New Orleans Saints. Teddy, you, you know, am I gonna let you try and talk about Taysom Hill before we get into this game? Do you want it as part of your breakdown? I know that you have been dying to give some credit to this awful, awful quarterback. <laughs> Just give your intro, and then I'll, right. then I'll go into it in break down. <laughs> so the Saints are ten and two. They've got the number one seed in the NFC. They have been doing it without their quarterback Drew Brees, who is slowly making a return. Might look like next week could be the week he gets back under center. Uh, they're traveling to take on the th- three eight and one Philadelphia Eagles. That record is is surprising. Just to see, you know, with the names on that roster, the success they had a couple years ago three eight and one. They are making the switch. Jalen Hurts, former Alabama and Oklahoma quarterback, making his first NFL start. Switching things up, Wentz heads to the bench for a week. I got to believe Doug Peterson knows he is probably coaching for his job and at the very least has to try something else out. The Saints are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Teddy, let's hear it.
2: Yeah, and listen, I'm excited to talk about Jason Hill, my guy.
0: But
2: let me talk about the Eagles first. Yeah. So they're putting in Jalen Hurts for Carson Wentz. And as anyone who's listened to this podcast knows, I don't like Carson Wentz. I don't think he's very good. I am excited to watch Jalen Hurts. The offense did look a little better, like it had a little bit of life in it when he came in last week. But I, I really don't think that that just throwing in Jalen Hurts, who, probably, who has no experience really playing in an NFL game, is really going to help much. And... As much as I hate Carson Wentz, I think that the Eagles' biggest problem has been more about their inability to run the ball. And sure, they have like their like eighth string offensive line, and I get it. But you also have Miles Sanders, and they're just not giving him touches. And and I believe that you have to manufacture touches for your best players. If you can't run the ball throw him some screens do what you got to do sure he's been dropping some balls but you you gotta find ways to give the ball to your playmakers in space i mean and i really think that's very important and i think the reason that carson wentz has looked so bad is simply because i mean obviously i don't think he's very good but also i think that you you need a running game to rely on and if and if they're not going to do that it's too easy for teams to just sit back and say listen we're going to bring the pressure or we're just going to sit back and play D and we're just going to let Carson Wentz be Carson Wentz and blow it. Um, so I just don't like the Eagles, and that's really that, that was enough for me to pick the Saints anyway. But let's talk about Taysom Hill. So now listen, there's three quarterbacks in my mind that play similarly to Taysom Hill. Cam Newton, Taysom Hill,
0: and um, <clears throat> what's his name? Lamar Jackson. Oh my God
2: their quarterbacks I, I just mean in terms of
0: style okay. like their quarterbacks who who you can run
1: power runs with the quarterback okay you can you can like they can be your focal point your goal line
2: threat and what, what it comes down to with those quarterbacks is being able to throw the ball if those quarterbacks can't throw the ball then it's too easy for the defense to just say all right we're, we don't we, we'll play man coverage and we'll keep eight in the box, and you're not going to be able to do anything on us. Taysom Hill, as much as everyone wants to hate Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill has been getting it done through the air. In, in his three games, he went 18 of 23, which, sure, they're probably they're probably not down the field, whatever. He's still completing passes, making the right throws. He went nine, nine for 16, throwing the ball against Denver, but that was a blowout, throw it out. And then last week, 27 for 37. I mean... I just, granted both those good games are against um, Atlanta, but I don't think Philadelphia's defense is much better. I think Taysom Hill is the kind of guy where if he can actually be throwing the ball, which I think he's done more than people expected him to, then you have to respect it, and then he's going to be able to run all over you. Regardless of whether Taysom Hill's good or not, I just think the Saints and their defense and Sean, uh, Sean Payton running the offense. I just I think they're too good all around, and I think the Eagles suck. But I do think Jason Hill's the man. But giving <laughs> the Saints here for all those reasons. I appreciate you for getting me that in, for letting me get that in. But uh, go ahead and tell me why I'm wrong.
0: So look, I'm I'm betting on the Saints. I, I, I am. But the last two weeks, just here are the two numbers for me: yards per attempt. Denver, 4.88. Atlanta, 6.27. He is not an NFL quarterback. He's he's, he's a worse version of Tim Tebow in my eyes is what he is. He is just this gadget guy who is getting it done on this stretch where they are playing some of the easiest opponents. Like you said, you take a look, you know, 31-3 against Denver in a game where they didn't have any quarterbacks. Sure, good win. Good for you. Uh, 24-9 against the Falcons, 21-16 against the Falcons. It, it's it's not good football. It, it isn't. When you watch it, it's surprising that they're winning these games. But at the same time, it, it's it, if anything, the last three weeks have made me appreciate Sean Payton at a level that I never appreciated him before. Um, and I've always been, a I guess, a Drew Brees hater. So I've always had a lot of respect for Sean Payton. But to see what he's been able to do the last three weeks... It, he he might be the best play caller in football. He, he might be the best head coach wrong, on the offensive side of the ball. I, I've been a big Kyle Shanahan guy, Sean McVay, Sean Payton, what he's been able to do with these backup quarterbacks and finding a way to win is, is what's been most impressive. Um, I, that being said, like so, yes, I'm not a Taysom Hill lover. I don't think that beyond this season he will get to see an NFL field in the way uh, – my thing is, is that I don't believe he can come back to New Orleans last year unless he takes a massive pay cut because of their cap situation. And I think if he's not in on the Saints, I don't think another team is going to take a shot on him. So I, I'm just, I'm not a Taysom Hill fan, but I, I, I am a Saints fan, and especially against this Philadelphia Eagles team that is throwing out Jalen Hurts. They did have a little bit more of a pop to him. Um, seem to be a new kind of energy, but I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I don't think he's a long-term fix in the NFL. Um, and for your full first start to be against this New Orleans Saints defense, it's not going to go well. It's going to be an ugly game. I think the Saints buy a million here. I'm going to take a minus six and a half and I, and I love it. It's one of my favorite uh, bets of this week.
2: Yeah. And and I do, I I just want to throw in, I agree that, um, Like If Taysom Hill doesn't go back to the Saints, I don't think anyone else is going to sign him, really. Because I don't think anyone else has the mind of Sean Payton. But I think that Taysom Hill and Sean Payton combined, all he's got to do, especially against these bad teams, is just throw the ball well enough. And you want to talk about yards per attempt... Drew Brees has been last in yards per attempt for Trust essentially me. his whole career. Trust me, so. and, and I
0: am not a, and that's why I'm a Drew Brees hater. I think that Sean Payton just makes life easy for these quarterbacks. That's right. why. And and
2: for sure, but but if you can get it done, you can get it done, and especially against these right. bad teams, I, I think Taysom Hill is at least serviceable, and like we got to stop betting against him because he's the man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here's my thing. I I it's so sad to me. It, I wish and this is it sounds awful, I wish Drew Brees was out for a few more weeks because they've got the Chiefs next week, the Vikings the week after, and I think both of those teams would smoke Taysom Hill defensively. So it's going to be unfortunate that Drew Brees is coming back in a sense of I, I need people to stop buying into Taysom Hill. I have I, I've been so tired of hearing about Taysom Hill for the last two to three years now. I've got one friend that I used to do a podcast with that's a diehard Saints fan, and he just... He always told me Taysom Hill was the future a at quarterback for the Saints. And I it I am just such I'm so anti Taysom Hill, but he's gonna be he's gonna be four and as a starter because they're gonna smoke the Saints this week. Um or smoke the the Bron- the Eagles this week and uh I don't know. I just I just wish he could actually I, I wish Sean Payton would play him against bad teams so we could actually see what Taysom Hill really is against good defenses, so that's my frustrations but we're both on the Saints there I feel like it's a pretty easy one to pick uh, this one will be really interesting uh, we've got the Washington football team who we didn't really get to talk about it that much um, because they played on a, on a weird Monday afternoon game handed the Steelers their first loss of the season they are still within the NFC East playoff hunt for that division title um, you know the defense has been terrific that front seven is is so deep and, and talented. And um, offensively, you know, they've got Terry McLaurin, really great receiver. Uh, Alex Smith, comeback player of the year, has been a, a really good fix for them. Just a consistent guy. Um, they are uh, going to be without Antonio Gibson, talented rookie running back this week, which is going to be a tough challenge for them. They are traveling out west to take on the San Francisco 49ers, sitting at 5-7. and seven. Uh, They lost on Monday night the, the late game to uh, the Buffalo Bills. Um, and we'll be talking about the bills in just a second here, but the 49ers open up as three and a half point favorites. Um, the the one nugget I've got, San Francisco has only been allowing 326 total yards per game this season, which is sixth fewest in the NFL. Um, Ted, what's your breakdown on this one? It's a really interesting game here because both of these teams are, are sitting at five and seven, their years are done, but both are kind of fun teams to watch in their own respect.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think historically I would have just picked the 49ers here with, with no question. Um, but I do think this is going to be kind of a lower score scoring game. So then when you do the plus three and a half, you know, that makes me, makes me think a little more. Um, and then if you just look at the strengths, of these two teams, what I think, when I think of the 49ers, especially with, with the way their injuries have lined up, but even regardless, I just, I think of a team they, they want to manage the clock, you know, uh, quick passes, short passes down the field, like kind of dink and dunk their way down and and really rely on the, that run game and, and Debo Samuel and using him and kind of these weird like pass plays that are also run plays. I don't think of them as kind of a team that's really going to stretch the field. Um, and then you look at this Washington football team and their real big strength is their front seven um, and their big weakness would be their secondary. So, just the way those strengths line up um, and, and the way that the football team's been playing, I am going to take them with the points here. I just, I, there's really nothing about the 49ers that gives me a lot, a lot to be excited about. Granted, they are the kind of team that can do well any week. Um, and they're, they're very well coached. Um, they have good pieces for sure. If Debo Samuel can get more involved in this offense, they can definitely improve. But I just, I, I think the way they match up, I, I'm going to go with the football team here.
0: Hmm. All right, so so let me, let me give you my breakdown on this one. So just a, an update on where I'm at betting on both these teams this year. I'm actually 2 and0 betting on Washington and five and two betting against. So I've been hitting on Washington pretty well this season. Uh, the 49ers have been about 500, four and three betting on, one and one betting against. Uh, I'm gonna go on the flip side with you. I'm gonna take the 49ers minus three and a half. For the 49ers, is it weird that I like Nick Mullins more than Jimmy Garoppolo? I feel like he's a better yeah. fit for this offense than, than Jimmy is. I think the pairing between him and – I mean, did you see the stat uh, on Monday Night Football? Did you see the graphic they put up about quarterbacks through their first 13 starts? No. So, um, I, I forget. I think this is in the history of the NFL. Quarterbacks, most passing yards in their first 13 career starts. Number one is Patrick Mahomes. Number two is Andrew Luck. And number three is Nick Mullins. How, ins- that is How insane is that? He has the third most passing yards in NFL history through their first 13 starts. Um, just a, a really interesting nugget because then you take a look, You know, obviously they're paying a lot of money to Jimmy G. I'm on the side. I don't think he's around in San Francisco beyond this season. I think there's a team out east that would welcome him back in a heartbeat. I feel like there's a trade out there between those two teams, and I do believe Jimmy and Kyle is not a good fit for this offense. Just a, just a nugget on that one. I'm, I'm going to go with the 49ers here. I don't have a ton to love about it, except I just think the Washington offense, they got, they got really lucky in that game against Pittsburgh. It was an ugly game where they were just able to hang around long enough. And I think for the 49ers offensively are going to be able to put up a more points than Pittsburgh. I think they are able to do more offensively than the Steelers are, Um, especially with Brandon Ayuk back and Debo. You know, we got to consider they were down their number one and two receivers for the last month. Both of them have come back in a huge way. Monday night, Brandon Ayuk, five catches, 95 yards and a touchdown. Debo, six for 73. Um, They get him involved in the run game. You know, it was a down game for Mostert, but him and Wilson back there, I like um, I'm going to go with the 49ers here. I don't love it, but I think they're the better team. I think they're the better coach team. And also, a little bit of a Kyle Shanahan revenge game, as he used to be an offensive uh, coach over there in Washington a few years back. And I believe I believe there is some bad blood between him and Washington. I think he was hoping to, to move up in the ranks there, but wasn't getting the promotions he wanted and then jumped ship to Atlanta. Obviously had that historic season with the Falcons that landed him. The 49ers had coaching jobs, so... Uh, Just something to keep in mind. Fun little uh, return for for Kyle Shanahan to go up against one of his former teams. But I like the 49ers here. I just think that they're the better team. And I think people are, I think we're getting this line just because of the fact that Washington was able to hand Pittsburgh their first loss, where I'm taking it more as I think Pittsburgh has been due for a loss for five or six weeks. And and Washington just happened to be the team to get it done. Um, So that's where I stand out with that one. Uh, Should be a really fun game. Yeah, and, and and because we're about to talk about the Steelers yeah. um, and the Bills game, I do just want to just give my take
2: on, on that Steelers loss. Um, I, I think what happens with, like you said, teams can just be due for a loss, you know and, and I don't think that if Washington and Pittsburgh played 10 more times that, that yeah. Washington would win a majority of those games. Mm-hmm. But they did they, they prevented the Steelers from having the ball. Um, and from, from their offense being on the field for most of the game.
1: Right. And
2: whether that was through drops by the, the Steelers on third downs where they couldn't convert, or whether that was through mistakes like that pick at the end um, with, them, with Big Ben. I mean, if you can keep good offenses off the field, you're giving yourself an opportunity to win the game. Um, so I do agree with you definitely that the uh, that the 49ers hopefully will be able to be better. Um, but of course, I'm still, still going to stick with my pick, but I just I think it's interesting that Steelers uh, lost last week just because of the way it happened and, and the, the way that they were just missing opportunities on offense. And I think that the football team hung around long enough and then capitalized when they needed to.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And, and, and yeah, so let's move into Sunday night football. Ted, to me, this, this is game of the year. You know, I, yeah. we've, we've gotten a lot of primetime games in the last few weeks where I'm like, okay, you know, I wish we could have flexed something else to Sunday night football. Um, And fortunately, we've got this really, really great matchup here. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're traveling up to Buffalo. Obviously, as we were just saying, off their first loss of the season, now 11-1. Still a very good team. Uh, But they're taking on the Buffalo Bills, sitting at 9-3, and the Bills are red hot. Josh Allen had the best game of his career Monday night against the San Francisco defense. I think a lot of people... I, I was so confused to hear this on, on Tuesday when people talking about the game where it was like, oh, well, the 49ers' defense is bad. They're banged up. They've been a top-five defense all year despite those injuries, and we spent the last month talking about how Robert Sala is going to be a head coach. So I think, you know, let's not just... And aren't they healthier than they were? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they they've like, got their, their defensive... their
1: game they've played since, like, week two.
0: Exactly. So I, <laughs> I, I was so confused when I heard all that. It's like, can we just give Josh Allen credit you know, he, he was I, – I went back and actually I watched a uh, condensed version of the game on Game Pass yesterday, and it was it was beautiful. It, it was amazing. And, and, you know, Brian Dable, um, offensive coordinator for the uh, for the Bills, he might be a head coach uh, next year. He's got a lot of Buffalo ties. I hope that he sticks around with Josh. Obviously, you always want to try and advance your career, but the, what they have figured out offensively to maximize Josh Allen's game has been so impressive. Um the Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, when we locked this in. Um, I know when we were on Sunday before both of these teams had played, it was Pittsburgh by one-and-a-half, I believe, Teddy, or were they by two-and-a-half?
2: No, they were by two-and-a-half,
0: yeah. Okay, so now it's on the Bills. Obviously, after both of them play, you know, Buffalo looks great, Pittsburgh loses, the line shifts around. Teddy, break this one down for me because I've got some stuff I want to share um, about the the Steelers' offense in a little bit.
2: You know, yeah, definitely, and and I think this is going to be a game that a lot of people are going to be on the Bills, and I think that the Bills can definitely get it done, and, and this is going to be one of those games, I'm, I'm, I don't feel very strong about this, but I think when you look at the Steelers, when you look at this line, like you just said, the Steelers were minus 2.5, and, and then after they lost to the football team on Monday night, that flipped it, and now the Bills are favored by two and a half. I think that that is stupid. I think that um, the Steelers, they're 10-0, and, and of course we all kind of agree that they're not as good as their record states, but I do think that it's hard to win games in the NFL. It's, it's a difficult thing to do. So if you can be 10-0, and 0, that means that you are a pretty good team if you can continuously win and win and win, regardless of your opponents. Um, I also don't like the way that the spread flipped simply because of a bad game um, from the Steelers and the Steelers, these past two weeks have been blowing it. And I think it really comes down to those drops. I think they've had something like 13 drops over the past two weeks. Um, I don't really expect that to continue. I think that Deontay Johnson and Juju, um, obviously Claypool, who, who, is a rookie, but I think the other two are are veterans in this league and I think they'll be able to, to, to really focus and bounce back and stop with their drops. Um, and I just think I think that because the Steelers lost last week, they're going to play with an extra edge. Now, don't get me wrong, I love the Bills. I think the Bills are great. If the Bills come out and win this game That'll be awesome, and I think it's a really great opportunity for the Bills to say, listen, we're here, we've arrived, we're, we're elite. But, but I, I still just am not going to buy in, and especially you have the Steelers at plus 2.5. You're providing me the opportunity to buy that point up to plus 3. I, I, I got to take it. So I am going with the Steelers here. I don't mean any hate to the Bills. Mm-hmm. I, I love the Bills. I think they're great. I think they could win. I'm going to stay away from this game, but I am going to pick the Steelers here.
0: Yeah, so – my big thing with the Steelers' offense, and I've I got the um, the numbers up here on, on my iPad right now, The Big Ben is is not who Big Ben used to be, and I don't think people are recognizing, just taking a look at his numbers uh, and, and the quarterback that he used to be that made him so successful and the quarterback that he is now. Um, he was one of the most aggressive down-the-field quarterbacks uh, of, of this era. You know, he's got seasons where he averaged nine yards an attempt, as recently as 2015. That number has shrunk all the way down to 6.4 this season. He doesn't have his deep ball. And they know that, that he can't throw the ball deep. So their offense... To me, it's it, just as I was talking about with the Seahawks. Their offense is one of the most predictable in the league right now, and that's how Washington was able to be uh, to beat them. It's a lot of quick passes on first and ten to get to a second and four where you can try and run it for the first down. They're, they are not stretching the field. I know they had a deep touchdown, I believe, in that game to. Uh, oh, who was that to? I forget who they had the deep touchdown pass against Washington, or maybe it was the Baltimore game, but, but Big Ben can't throw the ball deep anymore, and that's a problem. Because when you know that you can't stretch it, and despite having talented wide receivers, you can just play them for these short routes. They aren't running deep pass concepts. It's a lot of short routes, a lot of slants, uh, things to get the ball out of Big Ben's hands quick. And I just, I'm, I'm buying into the fact that they have really been just having it easy this year with their schedule. This is far and away the toughest opponent that they've faced all season. And I think what, what I'm saying here is I believe good coaching, as I was saying, is in how the Giants were to beat the Seahawks last week, good coaching can take advantage of predictable offenses. So I like the Bills here, minus two and a half. I feel really good about it. Um, I just think that they're far and away the better team. And and, and the Steelers they haven't done anything to really impress me this year. I mean, what's their most impressive win? We were talking about this earlier this week. You know, they they beat the Titans by three. They blew out the Browns before the Browns were the Browns. They're 2-0 against the Ravens, but the Ravens are having a down year. Like, they don't have an impressive win. When I take a look at the the Bills, they have impressive wins against the Rams, the Seahawks, the Cardinals. They, they're 49ers this Monday. They are, they've been tested all year and, and, for the most part, have done extremely well with it. So I think that... You know, I, I do agree that, you know, the line flipping just because of one bad week is, is a, a bummer. I would have loved to have taken the Bills at plus two and a half earlier this week. Um, but I, I really do like Bills minus two and a half. I think they get the win here. Uh, and, and I really, you know, I, the Bills defense has been getting better the last few weeks. We've been seeing a lot out of uh, oh uh, the young linebacker Tremaine Edmonds um, has been really stepping it up. They've got two talented corners back there. I just don't – I don't buy the I, – I haven't bought the Steelers all year. I'm still not going to buy them now, especially when they've got their toughest task ahead of them. Um, so while they could be thinking, oh, we got to get a rebound here, you know, first loss of the season, let's go out there and dominate, I just think the Bills are the better team. I'm going to take them here to win by three or more. Yeah, and, and I do just want to throw in, uh, like, I agree with those things. I'm kind of just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot, of, a lot of people are using, like,
2: Steelers' schedule to, to kind of downplay them, <laughs> yeah. which, I mean, it's fair, but and, and I do just want to throw in there, I, I really believe the key for the Steelers, I'm hoping that they can get James Conner back and actually run the ball against this Bills defense who hasn't been good against the run. If they can do that, I think they'll make this a game, but if they if they can't, well, it'll be a long day.
0: Yeah, agreed. So, really, really fun game on Sunday Night Football, and a really fun one to finish off the week as well on Monday Night Football. Uh, Another AFC North battle between the Baltimore Ravens sitting at seven and five, traveling up to Cleveland to take on the nine and three Cleveland Browns. How about that for a season, man? Really impressive stuff by the, uh, by the Browns this year. They get the really big win over Tennessee the week before Uh, the Ravens, as maybe you can hear Bush is having a breathing fit in his sleep right now. (laughs) We've got a battle of the NFL's two top rush offenses in terms of yards per game this season. The Ravens, are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Teddy, uh, you told me something earlier in the week, so I'm not going to give it away. I'm, I'm interested to see if you're sticking with what you had texted me on uh, Tuesday, I believe, or if you've changed your mind since then.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I, I had said to Blake that, that I was going to hammer the Browns. Um, I just think it was, a, it was a, uh, a good time to bet against the Ravens. I think the Ravens have just, have just been this team um, all season. They, they kind of just love to blow it. Um, And and I just I really don't think they're as good as we think. But I do think that they have shown improvement these past couple weeks um, or at least last week um, in the way their offense has been playing. And and I also when it comes to the Browns for me, the only thing I think of is is how how well how much time is Baker Mayfield going to have in that pocket? Um, And I try to think it because I really think that Baker Mayfield's biggest weakness is when he starts feeling a pass rush, and and when they're getting to the quarterback quick, I think that's when he makes mistakes, Um, and I think good defenses can capitalize on that, and I think the Ravens have a good defense. Um, So I am picking the Ravens here over the Browns. I do think the Browns are they deserve all the credit in the world for being 9-3, but I I just think that they they win against very specific teams, and they lose against very specific teams, and I think teams that are able to get to Baker and, and kind of make his day as difficult as it can be are the teams that can beat them, Um, And I just at the end of the day, I just think the Ravens are a better all around team. So regardless of what I told you on on Tuesday, I am sticking with the Ravens, especially I think that because the Browns scored so much last week, this line kind of shrunk. I think it would have been more about like minus three, minus two and a half. Um, So so I'm definitely riding the Ravens here.
0: And that's what I think, I think this this is the best time to bet on the Ravens. I, I think, you know, the Browns just have this dominant win where they put up so many points against a Tennessee team, and everybody's officially like, okay, the Browns are here. And meanwhile, on the flip side, you know, the Ravens, they only played the Cowboys, so they played a very bad team. They won, it wasn't that impressive, but they did get a lot going on the ground game, which everybody's been able to do against Dallas, but nonetheless. I like the Ravens here to win by two. I just think that this is the right time to be betting on the Ravens. Um, I don't believe they're back. I don't believe that this is a team that is just going to surge into the playoffs and, you know, rattle off some wins. But I do think that, you know, historically they've owned the Browns. They destroyed them earlier this season. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I do believe they'll get a narrow win in that three to six point range. Um, You know, I, I just... I don't know. I just think this is the right time to bet on the Ravens. It's the right time to short the Browns just because of how impressive they've been and they're finally beating quality teams. That I think I think we're getting this at, at the right time. I think this is just the, the smart bet to make when you take a look at, okay, how have both teams been trending over the last month or so. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah, because I believe at, at, at the very least these two teams are right around the same in terms of talent. So, all right, man. I'm glad to see that you switched your pick. I'm glad we finished it off, agreeing on some stuff. I'm just taking a look through here because last week, let's see. Okay, so you did bet on four uh, underdogs this week, so that's good to see. Yeah, you I got some this week. Didn't go, didn't go all favorites. Um, before we head out, we've talked through it now. What are your three best bets of the week? Just to take a look at how we did last week. I was, uh, I finally went three and zero on my best bets. I was uh, Colts minus three and a half. They barely did that. Rams minus three, and then the Patriots, uh, you went two and one Patriots and Colts, and then the Steelers minus eight didn't end up hitting. So, uh, what are your three best bets? We're on a roll with these. How are you seeing it this week?
2: Yeah. And and I do just want to to my own horn a little bit. I I am, I'm really working on getting
0: back above 500 overall. Dude, you're almost there. I I am sitting in 1914 season favorites, um,
2: 19 and 14. So I think that's, that's pretty commendable. Mm um, but, yeah, this week, it kind of, I mean, I think we, we kind of said it through, through each bet, but I, I really like the Saints. I just think that the Saints' defense um, against that Eagles offense, they're not going to be able to do anything, and then I think the Saints' offense will be able to get it done. Um, so I really like them, minus 6.5. The Bucs, minus 6.5, I just, I, I really, really am buying into Tom Brady showing up when when he knows he needs to. Um, and then I, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I, I, like you said, man, I really mm-hmm. just think this is, like, I think this is just the the perfect storm um, and and the perfect spread to just to hammer the Ravens. So I really like that.
0: Nice, nice, yeah. So I'm with you on uh, two of these actually. I'm with you on the Bucks minus six and a half. I think they just it, it's one of those things. It's a you got to get things going. Um, mm-hmm. Although I will say it is it is a little scary to be betting on a team on a two game losing streak to win by a touchdown in their first game back off a bye. So. Uh, that w- that w- is what I'd say is my least confident best bet. But the other two that I've got here, I'm with you on the Saints minus six and a half. I think that they will just blow apart the Eagles. Even if Jalen Hurts provides even a little bit more of a spark against Philadelphia, they're still a very bad football team. And then my third is Packers minus seven and a half. If Kenny Galladay was here, I'd be on the flip side, but he's not. Rodgers is destroying the division. They got lucky. If, if the Lions didn't get lucky to beat Chicago last week I would feel a little bit better about betting on the, the Lions this week but the fact that it took Mitch fumbling inside his own 10 for the for the Lions to win I still think this is a very bad football team that the Packers should be able to take care of fairly easily
2: yeah love it man
0: perfect well, hey we got through that pretty quick I'd say for at least you know 15 games we're around the hour and 23 mark on here so uh, really appreciate it again as always Ted anything else you want to say before we get going
2: No man, I just I've been having a blast doing this all year. I feel like it's getting harder. Yes. But also
1: like easier. I I don't know. I get more stressed about my picks every week. Yeah.
2: But listen, man, it's been it's been a great season, and I have really thank God that through Corona and everything that they've they've managed to not cancel a game yet and. So I'm very appreciative for that. Hopefully we get over this Corona stuff soon. So I stop having to be so busy at work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm having fun. I appreciate you having me on like always. And I'm ready to go, ready to win.
0: Of course. All right. Well, thank you so much everybody for listening. Uh, make sure to go like, review, subscribe to the podcast, everything everybody always says when they have a podcast, share it with your friends, all of that bullshit. Um, I really appreciate the support. Teddy, it's been a blast. I'll talk to you soon, man.
2: Yep. See you buddy. See you.